Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome aboard the DN35 podcast. Uh, we have got a lot to get through. Our last podcast was back when Jolly was sacked. Uh, we did an emergency broadcast. Uh, and after that, there was a hell of a lot of defeats to catch up on. And they're quite depressing to talk about. With me, I've got Tom. Tom, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. Same to you. The level is too high. And uh, Henry is there as well. Henry, how are you? Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, blah, 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 blah. Merry Christmas. Cool. Yeah. Brilliant. I'm, I'm just about defrosting from the game. Uh, it's nice to see. Do you know what? It's quite warm in a house when you're watching it on iFollow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very, very cold in the lower fingers today, that is for sure. I'll tell you one that is surprisingly cold is Craven Cottage at the moment because they don't have a stand next to the River Thames. So it oh, is. Is that only three stands at the minute? Yeah, it is bloody Baltic. Mm. Uh, yeah, um, that was fun last week. Anyway, posh, posh twat. I am a posh twat, or either that, or a uh, uh, an Asian tourist, which seems to be the only other people that sat next to me in the Hammersmith end. Anyway, we're not talking about Fulham. Um, Ian Holloway is here, and we've just won our first game since 1954. Uh, <laughs> Tom, how do you feel? Uh, I actually didn't know the result. I was listening to Five Live and I just heard it come in on the uh, classified football check so, and was extremely delighted. Uh, Henry, you were there. I'm glad to hear it. It was an amazing goal. You'll love it. It was never in doubt at any point, even when Robson, <laughs> even when Robson air kicked the kicked in the six yard box. Uh, Henry, you were there. I watched it on iFollow. How is yep. it? Frosted now defrosted apparently. Now defrosted, yeah, it was bitterly cold today. Um, it was it was good. It was um, I think Limbrick in his post game interview on Humberside gave a, a a fairly fair assessment of the game. Sort of he he was saying about how we didn't really we probably performance wise weren't as good as maybe we'd played in a Scunport game or whatever. And um, I thought Salford were fairly impressive you know they they pressed well i thought their number 28 asante hang on well well go back what did you just call them what salford i thought you said salford sorry <laughs> um, ignore me i've taken you off your so, train so um yeah like asante was a threat for them um but i think overall we defended quite well yeah um but i think a lot of our problems that have been present over the last couple of months were still there for most of the game i thought Going forward, we didn't really look like we knew what we wanted to do. There was a lot of slow sideways passes. You know, there was not many people willing to beat a man. There weren't many balls in the box. And when there were, there weren't many people in the box. Um, So especially in the first half, it was a bit flat. Um, But then second half, uh, it picked up a bit. And uh, he he made a really good sub limbrick, to be fair to him. He brought Akeem Rose on instead. Instead of Clifton, who I I thought had a bit of a, a, a lackluster game, he didn't in that holding role. But I'll, I'll come on to that. But so we switched to four four two at that point, and um, managed to get a few more balls into dangerous areas. And Akeem managed to get one in the back of the net. So um, overall, it's a good result. I think uh, sort of around the club before and in the second half, there was a there was a good atmosphere. I think 
been a bit of a shot in the arm and, you know, Ollie was out on the pitch before the game, giving it his usual sort of lingo and even in his post-game interview. Could you even understand it through the speaker? Um, No, 80% of it. I didn't hear a word of what he said, but he was said with enthusiasm. Um, It's not what you said, it's the way you said it. Yeah, exactly. Um, And so, I mean, it was a desperately needed win and I think um, the whole appointment in the last 48 hours have really sort of given us a, a real boost in the arm that we were pretty desperate for. Um, and I think there's a lot of work to be done, but I think this team's young. I think if he comes in, I think he could really um, add a few things to us, um, give us some new ideas and hopefully move us forward a bit. Can I can I say so? And you guys can interject with me on this. One thing I find that we're really guilty of is... We get the ball and we are on the corner of the box and we've just arrived there. And what will tend to happen is you'll then have another player trying to run inside you to be given that. It used to be a, a quite a good uh, Buckley trait where you then just have to kick it in front of them, just a tiny little nip of a through ball and they'd be on at an angle. I find that there was about four or five occasions today when we had that opportunity, someone made the run inside. Say Gibson had the ball or um, Hessenthaler had the ball and someone would make the run inside, someone like uh, Clifton or somebody, they wouldn't take it. And then what they'd do is they'd just turn around, pass it out yeah, to Gibson. There's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of stuttering. Uh, I think it's a combination of things. I think there's, um, it's, a, it's a lack of experience, I think, because if you look at the attacking sort of five players we've got on the pitch, they're all very young. So there's, there's, a, there's a lack of experience. There's a massive lack in confidence, which you would expect after sort of a few months without a win and so many games without a goal and I think it's all just built up to a point where they're not confident and they're not incisive with what they want to do they which sort of leads us to sort of play around a lot sort of side to side until we lose the ball and I think there's a good example early in the second half we had yes. a, an attacking throw in on the Finder side of the pitch and uh, oh, you're thinking of a within, one. within 10 <laughs> seconds, we'd given away a defensive throw in over in the other corner of the main stand. Oh, I was thinking of one. There was one about an hour mark on the hour mark where over towards the main stand, stand side, we had the ball. Ogbu had an opportunity to take the shot on, as did Hessenthaler and I think as did Robson. Neither of them did. And it ended up just getting hoofed away. Uh, out for a throw in near the Finder stand, if I remember correctly. And it's just one of these yes. things where a team that is a little bit more confident and a little bit more happy to, to have a go would take that opportunity. Yeah, and um, I think it's just some of our, our general play has been a bit slow recently as well going forward. Because, I mean, um, with I thought Vernon was quite impressive today and I thought right on the other wing grew into the game. Um but when you, you're trying to feed one of them consistently, I mean, it, I think it's something that Embleton was good at last season is a real quick switch of the ball to the other winger really opens the game up. Yeah. And we, we're not able to do that at the minute. And what we do is we sort of take four passes very slowly backwards and put ourselves under pressure and move the ball when we're trying to switch, switch the wings. And um, it sort of makes it a very frustrating thing to watch at times. But, they they persevered. They they worked bloody hard today, and um, you know Akeem's turn and a bit of a scuff shot, but it was well placed. Did it take a deflection as well to, when to it went in? I know. It, I'm keeper... not sure from my, from my position. I thought it was just because um, he sort of hit it into the ground, and it sort of just 
crept into the bottom corner, but I, know, I didn't I see know if the, it was deflected yeah. or not. I know the keeper definitely got a touch, but uh, I think it might have hit a, a trailing leg of a defender as it was going. Anyway, it doesn't matter. 1-0 win. It doesn't matter. We, we desperately needed it, and we finally got it, and hopefully we can kick on a bit. And it, it comes to the elephant in the room. We have now appointed a manager. The first manager that's had uh, top flight experience at the club since Lenny Lawrence, which you could probably argue was would be more likely when we were in the championship. Uh, I'm not 100% sure that's a good analogy. Uh, but Ian Holloway has been appointed. Uh, something that we talked about from the Twitter account quite early on, that he would certainly give the club a bit of a boost and put bums on seats and maybe give a team that isn't necessarily that bad a bit of a punch in the arm, which it seems to have done. He's not even managing yet. What are your takes? Tom, really interested to get yours because you were someone that was not opposed to it, but certainly not someone that was on board with it. What are your thoughts with Holloway becoming manager? Um, I, I'm not, I'm certainly not of the opinion that everybody else seems to, most other people seem to be that it's some sort of whirlwind appointment. Um, you know, he's got people eating out the palm of his hand already. Fair play to him. He obviously has got the gift of the gab and, and knows what to say. But I just think if you look at his his recent appointments, have largely been unsuccessful. Um, what I like about what Jolly and Limbrick have done, okay, lots of people have pointed the results. And yes, that has be, become a problem. But they have, I, I think, the last three games, we've had three young local lads in the team in Clifton, Wright and Vernon. OK, Vernon didn't come through the youth setup, but he is from around our way. Originally, he will have grown up with people uh, who supported town and maybe even has friends and family who support town. Because I think he's from Caister, isn't he? Yeah, grammar boy. Um, Plays a nerd. And I, I, I personally really like that, what they've done. We, we had a really good youth set up um, sort of when Newell was there and Woods was in charge and then with the Slade era that basically went all to waste and we've basically spent the last 10 years rebuilding it and then we've got a couple of guys in who were interested in trying to put those boys into the first team and I honestly can't recall a Holloway side where he's brought homegrown players through and given them loads of opportunities. And I worry that all that work that's been done behind the scenes at youth team level is going to go to waste again. I'm not saying it will, but I, I just look at his track record and I can't really recall any sort of homegrown players that he's, he's brought through and then that, that have gone and kicked on. Um, and then again, you know, like I said, I just, I think a lot of it with some people just boils down to the fact that he, he says the right things, which I think is a weak point to appoint a manager on. Um, so a load of people were crooning over um, Big Nut when he came in because he was a real personality. Uh, and then by the end, everybody was, you know, they'd had enough of him within about three months. Um, I don't know. I, I'm gonna obviously I'm gonna give him a chance, and I hope he is successful. Um, but I'm not as convinced as everybody else seems to be. Okay, cool. 
Henry, what about you? What are your thoughts? Um, pretty much the opposite to Tom. Um, <laughs> Fight. I think having sat through a lot of what we've sat through the last few months um, and sort of talking to people that I go with, like my dad and, and you as well, Alex. And I don't talk you know, to you. I'm, I'm too, too important. Like, you know. like last week, I mean, even three days ago, looking at Salford at home followed by Mansfield away, Shit housing to... on the t- epic scale that is Mansfield and Salford. I wasn't even gonna. I wasn't even thinking of going to either of them, and I think, I think the appointment of Holloway, I think, is probably the only manager that would have been available that has really given us a shot in the arm as a club. Um, I mean, you look at the gate from Saturday compared to today, there's an extra 1,100 on it. And who was... Um, what, sorry. And he was, announced, he was announced yesterday. Let me um, just have a quick look at that. Sorry, because I don't... I can't remember what the the the, the attendance was last week. Uh, for Crawley, it was, it was like 3,200. 3, sorry, so... And a, a, yeah, and I guess the away... It's, it's, four, it's four and a half today. The away numbers were similar, I think. There was maybe 100 more away fans today. Yeah. It's nice, um, it's nice to have these big fixtures. And you you just get the impression like that he that he gets it to a point. And I understand Tom's concerns about you know Big Knot was a bit of a talker, but Big Knot hadn't had two spells managing in the Premier League. And you know he's not. I don't think he's a journeyman. You know he's 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 only in his fifties. He's only been out of management for a year. Um, and, and which was at a championship club. And he seems reinvigorated by it. And, I mean, he's going to be limited to some extent at Grimsby because he's not going to have all the money in the world to bring in who he wants. So he's going to have to work with the youth team. I don't think it means that we're magically not going to start stop playing like Akeem Rose, Max Wright, Matty Pollock, Do you think Clifton. Yeah. Because the squad's the squad's not big enough to do it. Talk, um, talking to the youth players, do you think there was any of those players that wouldn't be playing now if, say, Slade was playing? So, Max Wright seemed to be on loan for an in, for an infinite amount of time. He impressed at Boston. He won Player of the Year at Scarborough. I think he won Player of the Year at Boston as well, didn't he? Um, I, I think he would have come through naturally, as Maxi Pollock would do as well. I would imagine Harry Clifton. I'd probably argue may not have done. But I think when he really came into his own was in that sort of last six or uh, sort of 10, 15 games uh, when we were fighting relegation, when we had nobody else. And he was the only one that seemed to really care enough to put the effort in. So he kind of put himself forward when there was no other option. Am well, I right in saying that? In like For, for, my for me, like, like the, we've got a young squad throughout. It's not just the local lads that have come through, you know, Gibson's young. Robson Jung. Rose. Like there's there's loads Cardwell. of young players in the team. And what they're desperate for is a bit of confidence and a bit of coaching up. And I think someone with Holloway's managerial background will give them that. And it might not be an immediate effect, but I'd rather them be coached by Holloway than coached by Limbrick in this four four three that we've been playing that has got us nowhere other than closer to relegation. It's, and, is, is there, is there, it, yeah. it, might, it might not work out. It might not, but At least it'll it's, be... probably, it's probably got a thousand fans back interested again immediately. 
And for a club that's on its arse, I think that's what we need. And so you don't, think, you don't think there's been an, Im- an overall improvement in performances Tom, in the last three, Tom, three we've games? we've scored one goal in two months, for fuck's sake. That, no, we that, haven't. That wasn't the question. The question <laughs> was, do you think there's been overall improvements in performances or not? Um, marginally, if anything, but we can't score a goal, so ultimately not, no. So okay. if we can't currently score a goal at the minute, why all of a sudden are we going to be able to score a goal under a new because, manager? Because because he might inject a bit of confidence into them. He might get them playing in a different formation. You know, he's not going to line them up exactly how Jolly and Limbrick have lined them up over the last three months. Is it is is there any sense of irony in there that we moved to four four two after about seventy minutes this week and we scored in thirty minutes? Uh, he's tried it the last few weeks. Has and, he? Uh, yes, he has. I think he mentioned it in his post game, and I think it's. Um, I don't want to come across Mike Bassett four four fucking two. <laughs> no, but I think I think it's I think four four two actually solves a few of our issues um, in the short term because from from what I've seen, two our two main issues have been we we've been exposed it. on the flanks defensively, and having two wingers sat in front of your fullbacks would help that. And our central striker in the four four three has been isolated, and having a second bloke up there with him would also help. Yeah. So to me, to me, it's made sense to switch to four four two anyway, but. Um, They've they've wanted to stick with a four three three, but we'll have, we'll have to see what what he does. I don't think he's going to have a training day between now and the Mansfield game to to do anything. So I wouldn't be surprised if he starts four three three on Saturday. It's it's an interesting one, and it's certainly one that's it's it's he's never really worked at this lower a level. Uh, Millwall fans don't have a very good opinion of him. QPR kind of mixed; they're quite happy with the job he did uh, to a point. Um, but the the most thing, most of the opinions tend to be if he's got no money, he's brilliant. He can really polish a turd. If he's got too much money, he kind of doesn't know what to do with it. So we're quite lucky in that way. Well, I was going to say I don't think we're going to have too much money for him. <laughs> it's a it's an interesting one. We've got a couple of players that are kind of missing quite a lot at the moment, especially in defence. Matty Pollock are gone, uh, and Omen are, are quite um, aren't appearing anywhere. I think Omen may be injured. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, Matty yeah, Matty Pollock's been the one on the bench for a while, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, what What were you going to say? Sorry, Tom. Uh, Omen's injured. Okay. Do you know what's wrong with him? Because I don't. I can't see it anywhere. Uh, no, but before the they did like this other team news before the um, Crawley game, and he was listed as injured. Fine. Because there's there's always big rumours around that. Sebring has obviously left since we last had a conversation. Rumours that he was on uh, £2,000 a week. Uh, so that certainly freed up some sort of uh, budget, if there's any truth in that, allegedly, etc. Um, but um, is he a loss or are you disappointed with how he came in? He came in as a bit of a, a fanfare. Um, Tom, what were your thoughts on, on Ring's departure? Uh, I don't think he really settled and got used to, used to League 2 football, to be honest. I thought technically... He's quite good with the ball at his feet, but physically, I don't think he was up to it. Cool. Yeah. Any other thoughts on him, Henry? No, I I agree with Tom on that one. I I I don't get the impression he was he was up to League Two football when he when he started playing in the team last January. And you know, it's not exactly like we'd had a a massive amount of choice last season at left back, and he still didn't get in the team. And sort of with Gibson here and 
even when Gibson or Hendry were out, he wasn't even getting a look. We were playing midfield as a fullback, so um, I think that says it all, really. So, right decision. We're, we're we're well into the well into the season now. Is there any any players that are uh, really sort of shining unexpectedly uh, that you guys have got on your mind, or is there anyone that's underperforming and you don't think is is worth their salt? Uh, I guess Matt, Matt Green. Okay, in, in, in which one? The latter. The latter, yeah. Okay, what's what's your thoughts on him? Uh, doesn't work hard enough. Okay. It was um, in the Scunthorpe game. Uh, a ball went down the wing. Did either of you two go to the Scunthorpe game? Or yeah, watch yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I was so it. far to the pontoon. I was basically at the bus stop. The, the, their two centre halves weren't particularly quick. Someone played the ball down the wing on the the Findus stand side. And he was in front of the defender when the ball was played. And the defender beat him to it. And there's loads of balls like that where it gets played into the channel and he just doesn't make any effort to get there. And he, he's not scoring goals. I bet he's on a, a, a big wage because he came from Salford, didn't he? So I bet he's on a fairly decent wage. And he, he either needs to book his ideas up and start banging him in and putting a bit more effort in on the pitch or... I'd get rid of him in January at the minute, even if we haven't got a goal scorer. Well, he's not scoring anyway. Um, I've been all right. He scored an absolute worldie against Chelsea, and that moment was brilliant. But that is literally all he's done. Yeah. Uh, anyone that's uh, exceeding your expectations? Um, I think Max Wright has shown brilliant promise. Um, and I, I, I like the fact that at the moment he's managing to hold down a starting place. I do agree, by the way, that a four-four-two would probably suit us more. It does make me, it does baffle me a little bit that we've got two out-and-out wingers in Max Wright and Ogbu, where we could really stretch the play and make a, a really big pitch with those two on the wings, and we were opting for the narrower four-three-three system and. I think Henry was probably going to touch on it earlier. Clifton's not a holding midfielder. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they're playing him in that holding role. I think Hessenthal is more of a holding midfielder than Clifton. Yeah. Uh, can I, can I just interject there? Because um, I agree a lot with what Tom's saying. Um, I think I think it was shown today because they put they put Clifton in the in the holding role, and I thought. He didn't. He didn't have a brilliant game, to be honest, and I think that's part of the reason why he got subbed off. Um, I, 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 he, you know, yeah. there are a few times. There are a few times when he got on the ball as the holding midfielder, where he didn't know what to do with it, and he got caught in possession a good number of times. And I think that's something that needs to be worked on under the new management is really giving Harry Clifton his confidence back, really, because um, uh, compared to the player he was last season, I don't think we've seen that much. This season in the in the current system, anyway. I've been really dis- I've, I've been really disappointed with him of late, and I think he's getting quite an easy ride because he's a homeboy. I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really think there's a um, reason to like have a go at him and, and get onto him because he's only what nineteen or whatever he oh, is abs- twenty. Abs- absolutely. Last yeah. year, I think he just showed sort of towards the end of the not season just gone, the one before when we stayed up, and then last year that he's actually a bit better further forward and he likes to sort of re- receive the ball on the half turn and be looking to try and play someone in and maybe even have a little bit of a, a run at a defender um, but certainly he's 
of the two midfielders, I, I would push him on, on more and have Hessenthaler sitting in the holding role or maybe just only play one of them and have another, you know, maybe in January bring someone in who can just sit in front of the back four and get the ball off the centre-half and play it forward. And um, I, Yeah, I, I just think he's not useful to us, as useful to us there as he could be. Um, and that's a shame for him because it's definitely going to, it will no doubt have an effect on his confidence. Um, and maybe ultimately lead to him getting dropped. But I do, I do like the fact. Uh, going back to what we were talking about earlier with the formation, I actually think that the sort of Scunthorpe game we played really well and definitely should have got at least a draw out of that. I think apart from when they scored, we were by far the better team. And then even against Crawley, I think the opening period of the second half we weren't brilliant, but we finished the game really strongly and we started the game strongly and played some decent football in parts. Like there was one period in the Crawley game when we were short, shooting towards the pontoon and we did a lovely passing move, but it ended up with them getting the ball back in play rather than it going out for a goal kick. And the, the pa passage of play didn't actually get the round of the applause that it, it normally would have got had the ball gone out of play because the ball stayed in play and, and Crawley ended up launching an attack themselves. But it was a cracking bit of passing football. Is there anyone, Henry, that uh, you think has done particularly well or is it, we've, we've touched on a couple of players that are probably not looking at maybe uh, Holloway should be looking at replacements for or anyone? Um, well, I wouldn't say the players that have been struggling should be immediately replaced. Um I think we need Burn need them. to see need to see how they get on in a new system and hopefully just inject a bit of confidence into the squad. But I think I think for me I'd agree with Tom. I think Max Wright's really been um, my my pick of the bunch um, so far this season in terms of expectations. Um, I think ever since really the 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 run where he came on at Chelsea and looked good and then played really well at Exeter. I think. I think it, it it was obvious when he got injured that we missed him, and almost and, instantly um, at Mansfield. And yeah, and 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 so I think for me, people people have been saying you know he's a bit of a bit of a bench play. You know, he's nice to have on for twenty minutes, but he's a young lad, and for him to be moving forward, he needs more game time, and he's been getting it. And, and long may that continue. I think uh, one that I, I don't see get enough praise or, or I think doesn't get enough praise is Hendry. I think he plays particularly well when he's on the field. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a nice, steady, reliable reliable fullback. Yeah, exactly. And I think he does quite a lot. And when we're, there's been a lot of interchanges, a lot of changes at the back, I think he's been a really, relatively consistent player and I'm, I'm quite happy to have him there. Could probably improve his play going forward a bit. Uh, but other than that, I think he's pretty good for a League 2 player. Uh, disappointed in Robson. Uh, I don't think he's anywhere near as good. I, I Maybe just coming off the back of today because I think he had a particularly poor game today, uh, even though he was getting quite involved. Uh, I, just... I, I mean, sorry, Alex. I just, just, I think the, the midfield three in general today, I think, struggled. Yeah. Um, so in I, don't, terms... I don't think it was. I don't think it was one of them. To be fair. No, I, that's I thought... fine. I'm, I'm just talking about in, in, in the over the long term. Maybe it's because he's from Sunderland, and you immediately think he's going to be an Embleton replacement, but. I just don't necessarily think he's done much to 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 not have a think of what else possible, what other possibilities could be out there, um, especially as a lone player. But um, there were a couple of instances today. There was quite a few heavy touches. One which was probably right in front of where you were in the first half, where um, ball came through from Clifton. I remember he took quite a heavy first touch and it went away, and then he had that quite awkward fifty-fifty tackle. 
Um, yeah, I think kind of which one you mean, yeah. And there was a, p- a part in the first half as well when he was, he had that sort of five second minute when you're at the edge of the area and he ran straight in and he was only had one opportunity. One thought was to hammer it in. Uh, and by the time he got to where he took the shot, which was blocked and didn't even go out for a corner, um, he was probably in line with the six yard box, but was probably two, three yards to the left of it. So it was a really acute angle while at the same time, Hessenthaler was quite clearly unmarked with acres of space, 10, 12 yards to the right of him, which just showed a real lack of awareness, not to mention the air kick <laughs> today, which was slightly terrifying. But um, yeah, I mean, he's young as well and he's going to learn from that, I guess. But um, he's... Alex, I'm afraid I'm going to have to leave you. Oh, um... I didn't know my opinions on it were so bad that you decided to walk off. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. Um, I'll speak to you all soon. Pleasure. See you later. Good, yeah. So that was my my thoughts on it, um, Tom. So we've come we've come full circle, really. So Holloway's on board, eighteen month contract, which is different. We talked to, to you talked recently on on social media about uh, not having a, a future a future project and a future plan. Does that allay any of your fears? Obviously, Jolly was, I assume, on a six month rolling contract. Yeah, he was on a six-month rolling contract. Um, no, just going back to bringing players in before we move on to that, I think that is one thing that Holloway does bring. He, he must have loads of contacts in the game, having worked at a higher level, um, and, and ho- hopefully he will be able to bring in some players who can improve the squad uh, through those contacts. Oh. Um, I think that is a big, big plus that he brings. Can I can, um, can I just say something as well that um, in yeah. in relation to that? Joss, um, who does a lot of the Grimsby, uh, Josh, Justin Jensen, who does a lot of the um, tweets of, of the goals and stuff when they come through, um, yeah. he, he pointed something out to me that today Omar Bogle was liking a lot of Grimsby Town tweets. Uh, and he hasn't done yeah. that for a long time. Just to, just to whet anybody's appetite. I know we can't possibly afford him now, but um, he, uh, he liked uh, three or four of them. Four of them. So Matt Dannett's Bring Omar Home uh, and then a song about Omar Bogle, then Akeem's goal, then the copy uh, from the town uh, town game, then the then the actual highlight of Akeem scoring and then Grisby Town putting a W up after an hour. I'm it's, just saying it's out there. He's, he's fishing. He's just not getting a game at Cardiff, I think, and so he's probably got a lot of time <laughs> on social media. Like He's not even getting in the squad at the minute. It's a shame because um, he's he genuinely, not only genuinely loved here at Grimsby, but genuinely really quite loved at Portsmouth as well. I've got a couple of friends who yeah. go to Portsmouth now because I'm this way. And they genuinely really liked him at his loan spell last season. Uh, I just don't think Cardiff seemed to have taken taken him to their heart. And I think he quite likes a bit of love and you know, confidence. Yeah, he definitely is one of those players, I think. I, I think personally that um, his, his level is probably League One at the minute. Get him um, in, get him in. And he needs... He needs like regular. He needs regular game time, like anybody does. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Going back to your previous question, do we have a long-term plan? I've absolutely no idea because John Fenty still hasn't been on a public relations awareness course. And, <laughs> did you not uh, like? Did you not like the um, <laughs> the broadcast on behalf of the Conservative Party yesterday? I didn't actually watch it because I was not. Maybe that does mean we have a plan, but I just think at the moment we're a, a club in the 2020s still being run like a club in the 1990s. We 
Yeah, we don't. You go back to the Paulus Porter cabin thing. Like, in in many ways, it's true, and and clubs really close to home are, yeah. are kicking on and and doing things better. Lincoln City being a prime example. Even even Scunny, Scunny, like, Doncaster, think, Rotherham, Hull, yeah. all doing and, stuff. I, I just think, unless like they've managed to get some money fr- from somewhere. I honestly think that Holloway ultimately will have the same problems that the previous managers will have in that we just just get in this circle because there's no investment or very little investment both on and off the field. There's like a new manager bounce, then they get into the same rut and then the fans get patient and then it all gets really like horrible and then we sack a manager and then we get someone and everyone gets excited and it just goes round and round and round and all these people getting excited about Holloway, uh, forgetting that this has happened now and has been happening now for bar the Paul Hurst period for a very long time. Um, and I, I fail to see beyond that. Um, I, I just hope that they, they give give Holloway the backing he needs. Yeah, and uh, hopefully that's grounding. Because I, I, I think I'm like you. I never want to see the club overstretch themselves i never want to see them do anything like that especially when it comes to playing budgets i wouldn't mind if they had a a plan in place where they're going right we're going to build a new training facility we're going to take out a five million pound loan but we're also going to make it a conference center so we can reimburse we can sort of recoup that money and we've got a plan and a budget in place that will see that be paid which is what clubs like us should be doing when we talk about cutting our the cloth accordingly it shouldn't just be a case of we're never going to spend any money on infrastructure for the next 10, 15 years. It should be planned and organised and you do not have to take a risk, but you do have to bring in loans and such to, to be able to do it. But you should have a plan in place to be able to support those repayments over the five, six, ten-year cycle, whatever it would take to build those things. Because it just feels a lot like we we rely on what was a poor amount of infrastructure for a championship club back in the 90s which was relatively good if we were a club in League Two, but it's nowhere near what we need now, Porter Cabins and 1970s sport pavilions aside. And you can see that with the pitch. We've made a, a relatively cut and shut job on the on the pitch, removing the humps, but it seems to have caused a lot of problems in the goal mouth, especially towards the Osman stand. Yeah, I think that's also linked to the amount of rain that we've had, isn't it, more than anything? Well, that's what the humps were there for, weren't they? They were to help the, with the oh, drainage. Yeah. Um, um, but it seems to be. I like the humps. Oh, they were quite nice. Uh, they might have just been told, "Look, you've got to get rid of them. Uh, you, we, it's either that, or we're going to have to put a please put in low gear now." Uh, <laughs> signs along the sixteen-yard box. But um, it's interesting. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we uh, make our moves? Do we want to go back and talk about the defeats too, everyone? Uh, um, well, I just personally think that uh, Limbrick deserves a bit of credit. Um, he hasn't got the job, but I think he's actually come in and steadied the ship for us. We were in a in a really bad situation, uh, but he steadied the ship. I don't know how many games we've lost under him, but I feel like even though we haven't won many games, we've drawn more than we've lost, or we've certainly put in performances that have been worthy of better results. The Scunthorpe game comes to mind. I think even the... The Crawley game overall, we were the better team, and, and in both those games, we played some nice football in parts. And all right, we weren't, we weren't brilliant against Crawley, but I still think we deserved 
what well, you know, at least a point out of the game, which was what we got. And in the Scunthorpe game, that was a real smash and grab from Scunny. We were by far the better team. We had one cleared off the line, hit the post. Um, and I don't think you can blame him for us not having a, a goal scorer. It's just an unfortunate circumstance at the minute. Like, um, I, I, I'm quite, I quite like Limbrick. I was one of the few people that was sort of shouting for his name actually when Jolly was coming in because I follow Woking quite closely because that's where my partner's from. And she, um, she's a big Woking fan, and he started really well under them, but he couldn't, uh, he couldn't uh, stop the slide when they started to lose. I think they lost Effing Young uh, to Bromley, um, mm. who was their really top top rate striker. And after that, he couldn't really attest to the slide and, and stop it. And um, I think it was unfortunate. I'm, hey, look, I'm really glad that he's staying on board. I think him and Ben Davis nothing but positive things come out of the club uh, and from the players that I'm lucky enough to speak to and, the, and to the people in the club that I speak to, there's nothing but positive things said about how they work with them and stuff like that. I just don't necessarily think he probably has the contacts and the, maybe that um, sort of punch up the arm, that punch in the arm that you need to maybe kick people up the arse and get them into to gear maybe. But a perfect coach. Yeah. But maybe that just comes with a bit more age and experience as well. And, you know, hopefully in some point in the future, he'll get his opportunity. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's going to be, I think it's quite a positive thing. I'm, I'm a bit, I was a bit like you to begin with. I want a project. I was happy with Jolly, but at the same time, we can't ask for a long-term project while at the same time, only give him a six month contract. I don't think he'd done a lot to get sacked really. I didn't think we'd been performing particularly well, but we had a couple of injuries, Max Wright being a key one. And he's this is meant to be a long-term project. You're going to have times when we're going to lose and, and be up against it a bit. And yeah, he effed and jeffed at Radio Humberside, but if anything, I thought that would uh, make him closer to John Fenty than it, and the board than it did. Uh, yeah. But um, I just think it's a bit of a... It is... I think we talked the same about when Big Knot was here as well. You can't talk about a long-term project while only being given a six-month rolling contract and um, having the budget restrictions you may be put in place on you, etc. It just doesn't, and especially with the board we've currently got, I, I think you need a long-term plan with a lot of actual planning involved, not just to say, oh, we're going to be in the championship in five years' time. There needs to be particular things put in place, in infrastructure improvements, staff and training facility improvements and, and such. Um, and I'm just glad that for once, Grimsby Town, it, hey, it's got a lot of publicity, haven't it? I, I don't know how many people yeah. that you know that are talking to you and going, oh, I see Town have got somebody like, oh, you must be loving it, etc. I've had loads of that this week down south. There's been loads of it everywhere where they're talking to you. Uh, I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, it has been given a lot of publicity. In a, um, you know, like I said earlier, I, there is part of me that that's what it boils down to. He is good for a soundbite, and and that's what that's one of the reasons why we're getting a lot of publicity. But I did like the fact that he, he went in around uh, you know the club shop and then all the bars today. That was really good. Interrupted a wedding. Jolly, Jolly did that. Yeah. Big, Big Nut did that. Um, he's not the first person to to do it. Come into the club and do that. Um, you know, we, we just have to see what results what results we get in the next sort of 12 months or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's going to, and if anything, let's face it, we're at the bottom of the barrel league two team. It's going to be entertaining. And we certainly won't be getting relegated. I imagine 
Macclesfield have had points deducted. Do you think they're there there for the chop, really? Uh, and do you even think they're going to make it till the end of the season? I personally don't think they're going to make it to the end of the season. And I don't think that should have been a reason to keep Limbrick on. But um, I felt that uh, keeping Limbrick on wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world. Um, but to be fair to Holloway, he actually sounds like he really wants to have a go. But then so did Jolly. Yeah. He wanted to have a go. So, well, we've still yeah, got, we've, we've got three games in hand on everybody. Uh, sorry, yeah. two games in hand. Sorry, I'm looking at the three on the 23. Uh, we've got two games in hand on most above us. Uh, so you never know. We hit a rich frame. We're in the transfer window. You never know what um, what we've got available and what he may have waiting. Yeah, we've not had, we've not had a bad Christmas really. Yeah, you know, it's not. It could have been a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, it could be a lot worse. <laughs> um, we picked up five points. I'm really annoyed though we played Scunny when we did. I would have much preferred to have played them in August and September because I would have loved to hammer them. And yeah, but I... yeah, we've not been brilliant in derbies recently, have we? Now, can I tell you, ask you something about? It? I can see where the frustration because we had lots of conversations about Hurst, but that felt very much like a Hurst performance where Scunthorpe didn't control the game. They were on the back foot for the vast majority of it. But they had that little bit of extra quality, as we did in Lon League, especially when we were playing teams like Bromley, etc. Um, and they just came up with the goods in the last couple of minutes. You can kind of see after seven, six, seven years why that started to grate on people, maybe. No, I thought I thought Hurst was a good manager. Uh, I mean, when we did the operation promotion thing, it, they took £100,000 off his budget that year, didn't they, when we'd raised all that money as fans? Oh, I don't know. I didn't know. Yeah. I just, I just, I remember um, from the fans from they just said, "Oh, it just got observed into the budget, and you bought Anthony Straker." But you know, he um, he he was constantly working on a on a reduced budget, which is hard in the conference now because there's a lot of really ambitious clubs at that level who are, are, are putting a lot of money in. I remember watching an interview with the Fleetwood Town chairman when they just got into League Two, and the Fleetwood Town chairman said that he'd spent te- over ten million getting Fleetwood to that level. Yeah. Um, out of his own pocket. And then they would have had other budgets as well coming in through sponsorship and, ship, you know, merchandise and ticket sales as well. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think Fentis put 10 million in. No, no, not at all. No, we've, 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 we've had that chat. We've had that chat. And I'd, it's, it's an interesting one. What do you think about him buying shares in the club as well? We don't know much about it, do we? No, it's a bit of an odd one. Uh, kind of makes him a little bit untouchable in a way, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. Because he's got... He's going to be on the board, isn't he? The well, yes. It's a bit of a weird one, but... Uh, wasn't David Pleat on the top of the Motspur board when he was a manager? Oh, no, I don't know. I think. Uh, I mean, it's, it, it's... We've just got to wait and see, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I think um, I don't have anything else to add. I'm really looking forward to it at least. And it's an exciting time. It could potentially be an exciting time anyway. Um, we were, you never know what can happen. It's League Two. Everyone's terrible in this league. Um, yeah, I'm happy to leave it there. Happy New Year to everyone. Tom, you got anything else to add at the end? No, uh, I think we've pretty much covered everything 
uh, fairly well. And uh, Happy New Year to everyone from me too. Happy New Year. What we will do is we will um, we will do this every two weeks. Even if no one is around, I will sit here on my own and talk into a microphone. Um, and what we will do is we'll we'll go from there and hopefully introduce some new people as well. Oh, I forgot to mention I played at Older Shots Ground last week. Got hammered. Ooh, nice. Yeah, got hammered eleven nil. Um, that was terrifying. Um, <laughs> it's a really big pitch. Apparently, it's the biggest in the conference. Uh, it, oh. it felt like it and all. Uh, <laughs> it was a big old. It was a big old pitch. Really boggy as well because it's a pitch that Chelsea lay for them because they're under twenty ones or whatever play there. Uh, but it was quite a nice experience. Um, yeah. And I was, uh, as a, I'm a rather large lad, and I was marking a guy who must have been at least, at most, 11 stone. And he was slightly quick. <laughs> <laughs> so I just kept ta- tactical fouling if I could catch him. Um, and that's it, really. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. We will keep you updated with everything. Uh, I was going to say, be lucky. I don't even can't even remember whose catchphrase that was. Was it Michael Barrymore's? I don't know. know. (laughs) Thank you very much, everybody. See you later. Goodbye. Bye.